Well, hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and Nerva Reddy. This is Stephen Robles, and before we jump into today, I want to mention one more time, impact360.org. They're awesome summer camps, which is Propel and Immersion. Propel is their one-week camp, really trying to shape those Christ-centered cultural influencers, and they also have the two-week camp. They teach worldview and truth and all that, plus their online courses. So we always encourage you, check out impact360.org and use the promo code FREEMIND to get $25 off when you do one of those online courses. Yes, sir. So, get there. so we're going to have to speak Ben Shapiro fast style today. So hey. if you're on the podcast <laughs> app, you can slow that joint down to half speed if <laughs> you want to catch right. up and keep up with us. So that's we right. have had such an incredibly crazy month, man. We've, talk, right. we've been talking about this every time, True. but this week in particular has been nuts because we're getting ready for that. Um, those events, album release, yeah, album kind of releases, stuff. events, uh, podcast tapings next week. I'm dry, I'm I'm hopping on the Big Smo tour bus <laughs> and uh, driving that Silver Eagle myself, man, all the way up I to heard Lexington, that, Kentucky. Yeah. So you actually drive really well. You can well, thanks, good babe, I appreciate that. She doesn't like my car driving as much, but she likes. Now my that's bus a driving. different thing. But the bus driving, yeah, I, I really, you know, I concentrate. And maybe really because there's to... more people on board, you're way mm. more conscious. That's <laughs> what, less gotta, gotta there's be. also more. Uh, more financially, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's a much larger I vehicle. More Plus, steak. well, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's just uh-huh. it's hard to control. Like uh-huh. you know, like you can't just be acting crazy on a butt. Like the other day, I was pulling out yeah, of Troy's house. And I messed up his, like, scratched the paint all the way down the side of the bus because I was on the side of his, uh, he had a basketball, basketball goal. Yeah. And oh, I was like, I, I can't even get out of this. I just had to keep driving, scratching. You just scratched the whole way? Scratched the whole way. So oh, it, was, it, it wasn't that bad. It was about five feet. So I'm sorry, Troy, for messing up your basketball goal. <laughs> he man. wasn't phased. I saw his mailbox. He had to put that thing in a Fort Knox because he said. Yeah, <laughs> probably because we were pulling that bus in and out. So I'm trying to be careful with it, you know, but right, I'm, right. I'm, no, a, I'm a bit of a novice driver. Awesome. And I don't know anything about mechanics, and all of a sudden I've been right. getting a crash course and changing oil and watching temperature gauges and being ready for all this stuff, man. So that's it. y'all, y'all pray for you for your family here. Right. Well, and to add to all the stuff that's been going on today, we're recording on Friday, and you just released a single. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> that you can't too. Be excited, bro. You know, normally it snuck up on us, right? Kind of. Kind of. We we saw a post someone put online. It was like, oh, is it out right now? Sheesh. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but I like that. You know, it's like we didn't have to uh, put out ten posts leading up to that day, kind of. No, so you're right. So normally these days, to even get your single off the ground, you got to email your cousins and their friends right, and right. every True. everybody you know with we any follow, yeah, like two to to five thousand followers saying, "Hey, can right. you post this? Say yes. this along with it." Right. This time True. we didn't do it once because Not we just didn't have time, ounce. man. It's been too crazy. So, but we right. thank you guys who have been out there yeah. um, supporting and posting thank you, and listeners. listening to it and enjoying Supporters. it. And, it has been a long time in the making, and we are finally <laughs> glad to uh, give birth to this She's project. Right. <laughs> she, she has arrived. She has arrived and is arriving. We've got more coming out yep. um, next month. Good so and the, single, gonna, the single is called Turning Over Tables. Yes. yes. I set the nerve ready, and it features a special guest. Michael Tate is on this track. Michael Tate. Awesome. Yeah. Also Tate, talk, man. right? Yes, sir. Not yes, sir. Wrong, I was buddy. telling Tate, we were making a video with him. I said, he don't know nothing about me in, in the county back in the day with the MC Hammer pants covering these DC Talk songs <laughs> with my mom straight up <laughs> right. in the church. So <laughs> right, y'all don't step right. at me sideways on that. I was singing that Michael Tate back in 1991. <laughs> well, I'm now thinking of yourself now, man. That's you right. You guys that's are right. on that video <laughs> with him. Alongside. No, so it was great, man. Have so him on awesome. and He's so supportive and for sure it's been 
uh, willing to help us along the way. So yeah, man, he jumped, he jumped right in and it was amazing to everything we asked him. He just kept, kept doing more and more with us and for us. So well, take a listen. It's everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple music. Yep. One day your dad will figure out how to buy it on the iTunes. One store. day, one day. <laughs> on the iTunes. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Try to help you, Steve. I'm not sure what's going on. Or we'll put, the we'll Spotify. Have, yeah, <laughs> we'll have to drop it out on that old cassette tape. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll wow. get on that LP. We'll give them that. But you know, the thing is, we're going to be um, actually talking about the songs and some of these things we have coming up, where we're going to play the videos and talk about the songs, talk about right. what we're doing and everything. So we're excited about that. If you're in the Nashville area next uh, Thursday night. Uh, come okay. through Label Live, and if you're in Atlanta on Saturday, come through on Saturday. And then we're actually going to have one in Lakeland in November. That one's secret, so don't tell anybody oh. yet. <laughs> it's a good thing but it's not on a It's a good thing we're not saying on a podcast, right? But, and those those dates are actually, this is next, we're saying next week because we're recording on Friday, but as you listen to this, it'll be this week. Mm-hmm. And so Thursday, October 3rd, that's in Nashville, correct? Yes. And then uh, Saturday, October 5th, in Atlanta. Yes, that's days. correct. Yeah. And uh, there's links to there's some uh, Eventbrite events. The tickets are free, but uh, we'd like to know how many people are coming. So you can go to the links and show notes and uh, let us know if you're going to be going to those shows and uh, register. It's free, but we still like to know. For sure. Thank you for that open date rebuke there. Uh, no, no, no. I appreciate, <laughs> well, get it right. appreciate you keeping it straight. It's man. that time slippage, man. No, nah, it's good. It's good. So this week we're going to, we are literally flying by this, the seat of our pants, but we're just going to flow through a few things here that are on the agenda for, for this yes. uh, week's podcast. And man, coming off of last week, it was just such a high. Yes. To get interviewed, oh, JP Moreland. It was, yes. it's, you know, it's hard to come back from that now. And Yes, he's it's just gracious. it's just old us, but he's you know, so kind. Yeah, he condescended to be right, on the right, Free right. Mind podcast, and we couldn't believe it. it was right, great. I couldn't believe, it. and he just stayed on for an hour. You walked was... past me and said, "JP Moreland." I emailed him, and he emailed me back. I said, "What?" Right, just emailed you back like that in a day, and that was just. So and we, awesome. yeah, it was awesome. And, and we never know who knows these people. Like the right. listen, you know, a lot of these guys. Um, you know, as a friend and I called me that day, I was like, man, you guys are famous. You interviewed JP Moreland. I said, no, he's not even famous. I said, right. unfortunately, I said right. he should be. When you look at the people that are famous, right? Exactly. it's really exactly. sad, but people don't know who he is. And right. also, um, unless you're kind of in this apologetics world and all that stuff, you, you might, you may not have ever heard of him. And then depending on the, uh, title of the podcast, like we, mm. we get a, le- a lot of downloads or not just depending on the right. kind of the hot topic and right. if it's catchy or not but so we this one hasn't shot up yet but the people right. that have listened to it have been like i mean we've gotten probably three or four texts emails Those maybe maybe more than that too, where people are saying yeah. wow this was my favorite yeah. episode right. you guys have done so helpful yes and it, he really um man I, I just found that he really breaks this topic down so well and yeah. makes it practical but he grounds it in deep uh, philosophical and theological truth. Right. And I think that's what, again, what sets it apart from just, just some of the surfacey approaches that we often face with, right. here's a new method to do this. Here's a new method. He had those methods. He had the practicalities, but it came out of what do you say? 40 books that he had, right. You know, dove right. into and, and, and living it, you know, that's and the practically thing. applied like, to he his struggled life, with yeah. this for years. You know? Right. So it's not just head knowledge. It's real life, you know, right. how he worked through it. Exactly. And when you mentioned someone reading 40 books on a topic, that, that <laughs> sounds like, I mean, something from the 1800s, because nowadays people read, <laughs> right. I mean, I read two books on something, and I think I know something about it. <laughs> right. I'm an expert When he now. said 40, I said, come again, 40 books. So. I read three tweets on this. Two, I was right. just going to say, people read one tweet, man, <laughs> you know? and that's it. 
I mean, that's <laughs> something to ponder. 40 books. Yeah, and that was like in three months, right? And that was on top of his philosophy. You know, so this right, was like just, right. he, that was, that was more in the practical even area that I think he was kind of piling on top of what he already right. understood mm-hmm. about anthropology. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, I'd recommend go back to that podcast, listen to it, and then get the book. I actually, I like to read the books normally before we interview people. Right. I, I don't know that there's too many JP books I actually haven't read. I think I've read most That's of his really books. Cool. Um, but this is one I actually hadn't read before right. we interviewed him. So because of everything going on, I was actually <laughs> feeling really stressed the other night. And I was like, man, I'm gonna get this book on Audible and listen to it as I'm working. Right. And you probably shouldn't listen to something on two times the speed when you're stressed already. <laughs> um, but you know, it is what it is. That's, that's, page that's one, where right? I'm at right now. So I'm like, I'm binge listening on hyperspeed to stuff right. to calm me down called finding quiet, which is ironic. <laughs> But I did. I put it on, man, and Only I was. <laughs> I was like, man, this thing is really, really, really good, yeah, and I good. just, I, I think that book, man. If you have anybody mm-hmm. that you know that struggles with these issues, or you struggle with them yourself, it's. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It just. I've read some of those books. I've heard people speak, but this is one of the better ones I felt. And I know you've read it a is, few books, yeah, Stephen. We've read a number and things for kids and resources from counselors, and this book I think is the best overview and gives you the best practical steps and even some of those practical things we talked about in the last two episodes those are things you would hear in like counseling sessions also you know so it's both and he really gives everybody a great uh, view of that and, and ways to deal with it i'll also put in the link we had a comment asking about the book for kids that i had mentioned in the episode uh starving the anxiety gremlin and so we, we sent the person who asked that, but I'll put that link in show notes too if there's any parents who are interested. That was a good resource, but I do encourage, read the Finding Quiet book first and foremost to really get your handle on it. And then uh, you can find these other resources also. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I've got to do a bit of uh, public penance here because I asked our <laughs> listeners to write in some questions <laughs> for the J.P. Moreland episode. Right. And Again, things have been so crazy. It completely slipped my mind. So I forgot so, too, man. It's, it's so Todd, forgive us, brother. Yes, Todd uh, Page. You had he's oh, a he's Todd. a Patreon supporter, and he had great questions. Like all three of these questions were amazing, and we did kind of sideswipe them, like at least one or two of them. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to bring them up here. I, th- I think you might even like these questions, Nerva. Um, but I thought we could maybe bring it up here and just talk through it a little bit. With I know you've read the whole book. I'm about right. three chapters in now, and he does actually address. I think all three of these pretty much head on in the book, yes. but I think it'd be good to mention them here and just briefly touch on it. So you want yeah. to read through his... Sure, I'll get this first question again. This is Todd, one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for sending this Thanks, in. Thanks, Todd. And the uh, first question he said was, I find that many Christians have quite an internal struggle with taking medicine that affects mood. They perceive it to be a crutch of sorts, believing that if their faith were strong enough, they wouldn't struggle. Um, he was curious about Dr. Moreland's advice in this regard. And Dr. Moreland touched on it uh, in the episode. You know, he said he is an advocate for, you know, psychiatric drugs when taken with uh, counseling and with the doctor's uh, advice. Yeah. And so he was definitely sure to point out to not feel bad or lesser or to push drugs away just for the sake that they are medicine. Uh, but he does specify, and he said this on the episode and in his book, Never that is the only method that you are fighting anxiety and depression. Never that it's your only taking medicine and doing nothing else. And again, he stressed this last episode, but that is a a whole uh, mind and body thing that we you are dealing with. There are spiritual aspects and there are physical aspects, there are emotional aspects. And so sometimes uh, in his book, he says you need medicine to kind of, if you're so far out, you might need something to kind of knock your brain into a place where you can start dealing with stuff. 
And that's kind of what he alluded to. But he said, you know, do, do not feel bad, you know, no. about it. Do not feel yeah. lesser. Uh, but definitely do it under advisement and with a doctor and in conjunction with these other things. So that was his first question. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was helpful. And again, to go back, he, man, he gives so many good metaphors in the first chapter, and right now they're completely slipping my mind. But about the mind-brain interaction yeah. and how right. you have to address both. And I, I think I said two episodes ago we were talking about the pastor, um, the the idea that you know the analogy of like imagining two different approaches to fixing a computer and one says only right. software exists right, and the other right. says only hardware exists, but it's actually, you know, there's yeah, an yeah. interaction of both of them. You have to look at and see where the problem is. Maybe it's both, maybe it's one right? and fixing it from there. And I think that, that, you know, in our culture, since we're looked at as only physical, they tend to say, Oh, just drugs and just this, maybe, maybe right. psych, psychiatric help or whatever, but spiritual yeah. ad, ah, that's not even a real thing. But then, our churches we think we downplay the physical side of the holistic right. process so i think what you what you said i'm just kind of reiterating it from yeah. a different angle but saying you know when we in our churches we should we should be some of the primary uh places where we can really help people because we have reason to uphold both of those um elements of the human person biblically theologically philosophically because they're both affirmed in, in, in scripture yeah and so i think that's a that's a helpful starting place and to understand that yeah sometimes just like when you you know you hurt your leg or something like that you have to actually work on that organ physically or take right. medication stuff like that yeah. but you have to do so like you said with care and and with um you know the good good advisors good people that are helping you through it and sometimes yeah. i've heard of uh, another guy I was interviewing that really struggled with anxiety and he told uh, jp he was like he just got on drugs for like medication for a little bit and it helped him get back to ground zero then he was able to get off of it right. and just use right. the spiritual practices and those were enough to keep him right. in that healthy zone so yeah. anyways uh maybe yeah. hit question two here yeah i'll do it real quick now hardware software analogy is getting better with time man i know hey, you, you on, were unsure man. of it but i actually just we don't have time for it but i fixed my parents computer and it was a hardware software thing anyway we'll really about time. yeah okay, it, was, very good, it, very it applies good. to it come on somebody. anyway todd second question he was asking he has not personally struggled with depression or anxiety but he talked to many who have over the years loved ones who have wrestled with it and so he was asking what advice would we give to uh how can you talk to someone struggling with depression and anxiety where you don't know you don't want to make it worse uh, but you do want to help. So what to say and what not to say. Ooh, and uh, I actually saw a video a while ago that was really, really good and was talking about grief, actually, mm. and how to talk to someone who's maybe lost a loved one or experienced a tragedy. And the one thing that I remember, and if I, I'll try to dig out this video if I can find it, but it said don't try to find the silver lining and using that to encourage people. Mm. To say, like, at least you didn't X, or at least you're not this, or at least mm. you didn't lose that. You know, don't, that's not typically encouraging for ah, someone who's struggling with grief, okay. anxiety, depression. So don't try to find the silver lining and, and say things like, well, you know, it's not that bad or this, whatever. Like those kinds of things are typically not helpful. I think genuine empathy and helping okay. people knowing that you care. And if, if this is really a close loved one, maybe actually reading the Finding Quiet book and sharing what you're reading with the person to see like, hey, do you think this would help? Or have you mm. heard of this tactic or strategy? And is this something that you think you might try and apply? That might be the best uh, way. Because then you're actually speaking from someone like J.P. Moreland, 
who has struggled it with himself and has found solutions. And then you can kind of just pass that information along. Mm. So that's good. Some good thoughts. There. And I don't want to get ahead of you brothers, brother Steven, cause I know you guys are still watching it, but Nerva and I were watching an episode of Downton last night oh. in a later season. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Mr. Bates, I won't tell you what, what, uh, Anna was crying about, but she was mm. weeping and he walks in the room and she's like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, no, 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 you're not fine. He said, and I don't need you to act like you're fine. I need you to understand that you're married now so you never have to cry alone. Mm. And I was like, right. sheesh. You know, and so, sometimes just yeah. being there with that person and entering into their suffering is the is a good starting place. I will say we okay. watched an episode last night and it was the end of season three. And I don't know if you remember I know you don't happened. even want to talk about it. Bruh. That's when I almost stopped the show right there. Bruh, I was not ready for that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you that's another, that Patreon, car, man. I said, that's I another Patreon episode, bro. Oh my that, goodness. That's the one that got me. So oh I'm goodness. still mad at him in my heart. But that oh, again. That one, yeah. Yes. 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 Oh. Anyway, all right. Well, Todd's last question. Um, you know, he was talking about it can be especially hard to counsel and encourage those who are not Christians mm. and are dealing with anxiety or depression. Um, you know, their spiritual beliefs don't give much hope for ultimate healing. What advice would you give for coming alongside our non Christian friends? Well, that's a great question, Todd. That's, so a, thank good, that's you. a really tough question. <laughs> that's a good one. But I think it's a similar answer to number two, where if you read J.P. Moreland's book, Finding Quiet, there are many tactics in there that you can share with a non-Christian that would still be applicable. And these are same kind of strategies and tactics that you would get from mindfulness type strategies and tactics, or even some of these apps that you get for like meditation. You know, he, and he specified, J.P. Moreland said, you know, he doesn't, uh, agree with new age or support that at all but some of the tactics and practical things to do kind of are similar and so i would actually if you read jp Moreland's book you can share those tactics without any kind of spiritual background and maybe start there and maybe we'll open the door especially if they begin to help a person and they ask you know where did you get this from or or how can i find out more you can just hand them jp Moreland's book and that might be a great way to yeah, I think it could be the door. Mm-hmm. could be an entry point. As I'm as you're talking to, I was thinking about you know, it's it can be tempting to be like, well, no, I have to lead them to the gospel first, and and that's right. always that's always the aim. I mean, if you can, right. you know, it's that's awesome because I think ultimate healing does rest on that foundation, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's all, all these other things will fall short. But it's sort of like giving someone a piece of bread that's hungry. Like, right. man, if they're hungry. You know, you don't necessarily have to convince them about the bread of life and then pass them this piece of bread. Right, and, you know, exactly. I mean, you have a piece of bread and you hope that opens opens the door. And sure. and I think we can, you know, there are some things that, like you said, can kind of help immediately and just let people know we're there with them, we're loving loving them, but but always prayerfully looking for those entry right. points where you can, because you like like I said, you ult- you understand ultimately, even with health, like giving someone something that's going to help their um, external like psoriasis or eg- right. eczema, you you know you might hand them some cream, but you know at the end of the day, usually when you're dealing with that, the problem's much deeper. And right. if you're if you're a medical person, you know you know you you, you use wisdom and you, you don't always just throw that on. Well, you know this this cream ain't gonna do nothing. Right. Well, it might help <laughs> you. you. Don't open with that. Yeah. Right. You help them, and then if, as you develop a relationship, you might sure. help them understand that the real deep rooted problem is is in the mm. usually in the gut. Right, <laughs> we know this right. from experience. We yeah, have family yeah. with, but you know digestive issues. And same way with spiritual life, it's like we know ultimately the problem is rooted in the fall, and we can get back right. there and and hopefully help them with those entry points. So it's funny you think of Jesus's ministry. There was a lot of people where he healed first mm-hmm. and then said, go and sin no more, that's <laughs> you it. know? And so that's right. Sometimes it happens like that. You almost that's said true. healed like that old televangelist he- brother. <laughs> healed. Be healed. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're a little hyped up tonight yes. because I'm trying to catch this Best Buy. 
I got to go get these cameras to shoot these podcasts on the road, and we and I got to get right. them tonight. And so that's we're right. like we're racing the clock right. here. So that's right. We're doing it fast paced. If it sounds like we're uh, you know edgy and, and on edge here, we are. And so <laughs> I'm sorry, nervous, nervous, tired. She's been no, it's all driving all day, and we're we just like sleep uh, y- yes. on top of the edge. We we're like on four or five hours, but exactly. Here so we are. again, again, so. But uh, here was the next thing I wanted to bring up. Somebody messaged us. I won't say who it was, but I thought it was a good message. Uh, yeah. Somebody sent us on our free mind, and they said, uh, "Hi, Seth, Nerva, and Stephen. Thanks for doing a free mind FM. I'm sure it's a lot of work to do, but it's really valuable work. We appreciate that." I'm writing in response to the discussion on Drew Brees. This is probably the first time I disagree with your perspective, Seth and Stephen. She's oh calling us out. You hear that? <laughs> She said, uh, I'm not a fan of his football team. Also, I don't write to everyone I disagree with. She must have really disagreed. Oh, man. <laughs> I felt strongly about it. it. But she said, however, I wanted to share my perspective. I think Nerva was definitely on point oh with my. an exclamation Uh-oh. mark. <laughs> I wish we would have recorded that post. You got it. Right? Exactly. You got a witness there, babe. I'm encouraged. She said, uh, I don't <laughs> know said. Drew Brees personally, nor do I claim to know where his heart is on LGBT issue. But I do know that this guy throws a ball for his job. Literally, I assume she has a low view of quarterbacks. He just throws a ball for his job. No, no, no. But she said, literally, I uh, assume that his in-season days and nights are focused on throwing a football and watching game film, whereas our, uh, your jobs are focused on <laughs> dissecting current events. She can't, you know, a little <laughs> dig there. From a Christian worldview, I'm saying Drew Brees – I'm not saying Drew Brees is a dummy and not capable of intellectual thought regarding his faith, but he isn't conditioned to automatically defend issues of faith or connect these issues when making a um, public statement. Right, right. So mm. I thought it was worth bringing up because actually we like this. You know, we yeah, yeah, we yeah. encourage you guys to to write in. Yeah. Feel free to disagree. Feel feel free to bring up a point. And I, I think yeah. to go back, it's a good exercise because yeah. when when we laid this out, we did say what he said could plausibly have two different interpretations. Like right. yeah. it wasn't a it wasn't an open shut case. So we try to reserve open shut cases for when they're really open and shut. And I think yeah. if I'm remembering properly, we did say. You, there are two different perspectives to this that are both legitimate. Right. Um, and sometimes you have issues like that. It's just, it's a little bit ambiguous, yeah. um, the truth in a given case from, from our perspective. Yeah. And so I think it's good just in reasoning to always recognize when there are those cases. Now, we did in that moment, Stephen and I took the position that the winds were blowing in the direction of that right. <laughs> he was throwing focus on the family under the bus and he yeah. did kind of understand what was at stake and he was melting like a candle. <laughs> so that was we were we were leaning toward it but again it wasn't a black and white thing and that's why i actually enjoyed that discussion yeah that was a good one for me yeah. too i i I'm, i get it it's like you really don't know a person's heart and motives you can just surmise by what they say but at the end of the day to be a public figure and automatically tie a christian organization to an organization an organization that is um promoting inequality i don't know that everyone is hip to that battle going on so right. i'd still yeah, yeah. i'm so encouraged by her sin nervous but still I'm taking her like, position i am but yeah. i get it i think y'all are y'all are different y'all are swimming in apologetics like i am of the the background that when i when you first explain what apologetics is to me like defending the faith i'm like defending the faith like there are people who are like, why would you need to defend the faith? You know, there's still people who are unaware of the need to explain right. the right. gospel and even and a step further that there are atheists out there trying to prove God wrong. Right. So 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I get it. And I think there there was legitimately two positions yeah. on that. Although the, the all caps word any, you know, that, that was the sure. one that that was the one that made me think. So anyways, but sure, she sure, sure. she then texted us okay. another message. Oh, <laughs> okay, what'd she say? She said, Oh my word, guys, and with a face like with a handover. She said, I turned on Free Mind FM on my way home from work today and realized I had a few minutes left on the podcast. I picked it up about one minute before you played the audio clip of Drew Brees talking about focus on the family. I'm writing to apologize <laughs> about being See? critical of your perspective before I listen to the whole episode. That clip was critical to me yes. understanding where you were coming from. Sorry again. Wow. <laughs> no but that was great like yeah, I, I just good. thought that was really fun interaction because yeah. you know and that's how it is sometimes is yeah. things uh, unfold as the story right. unfolds sure. we get more clarity it more, it and it time. did look more and more the more and more you got into this case it was like ah I think he did melt yeah. but at first it was a bit, bit unclear but you know it's just a good it's just a good exercise with any of these social issues sometimes it takes time for it to really become more and more clear Right. And so I appreciate you writing in. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. You. And uh, more and more interaction like that. We we still it's 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 coming up soon on our Patreon. I think we're gonna try to open a uh, group Facebook page discussion, where we can right. yeah group discussion page where we can have you know private fun discussions between Patreons and yeah, it'd be awesome. we'll see yeah when that comes so that be on the lookout for that and. We did. We did have a bonus episode last week from JP too. That was really, really yeah. good. I, I had a couple of people message me like, "I really want to hear the answer," and I was oh. like, "Well, <laughs> you can." That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you really want to hear it, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Like your, your old granddad dad. said, uh, "The money talks and the bull walks." Hey, that's right. Your dad messaged me immediately. He was like, "How do I listen to the rest of this episode?" <laughs> dad want to hear that one. That's right. No. That's funny. But uh, you don't have to give much. I think a dollar a month will uh, yeah. open up the account for you. But we that's but it. we pray that you'd uh, go on and do that abundantly hey. beyond and above ministry. That's right. Exactly. Because we are trying to reach that thousand dollar first goal. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, oh, so okay. uh, anyways, that was fun. I, I did want to ask you, Stephen, I thought yes. one part on the Patreon, you talked about the mega church thing. What did you think about his response to that? Yeah. And as a, as someone that works at a mega church, how do you think, are there ways you, I might be putting you on the hot seat here, right. but are right. there ways you, you would encourage others that work at mega churches to begin to implement some of those things you spoke about? I think it's, again, not taking it out of the taboo care category. And because uh, we're talking still about anxiety and depression. Well, and ju- no, this was on. Oh. I asked him about the Kingdom Triangle. How are we doing? And he said oh, it was. Right, right, you know, right. he, he gave an answer to that. And then you said, from a megachurch perspective, how can we with the with because right. sometimes we have numbers, and you know, how do we right, how right. do we make more of a difference and turn around the culture? Mm. I think it's really focusing on that discipleship program or whatever it is. You know, I, I every once in a while I throw the word Sunday school out in a meeting just just to see the reactions. But but I think it's important some kind of legitimate training ground for Christians and for like longtime church members, new Christians, new church members, where they can really understand these things. And I think once in a while uh, from the platform on a Sunday morning is great. But I also understand that people need to interact with this information. And so whether it's like a life group thing and not just one life group doing it off on the side, but maybe have all your life groups in a church yeah. go through a program or go through a training, read one of these books, you know, like the kingdom triangle. And, uh, you know, and I think it's possible in large groups too. You know, when you guys were doing yeah. the young adult ministry, you guys were taking 100, 150, 200 young adults through this material. Right. I think it was kind of like unwittingly, like they didn't realize that they were getting trained in this area at first. You know, and they, yeah. they didn't know what they were in for, maybe, but they stuck with it. And now, like you said last week, there are people coming back out. It's like, thank you, because now we see it in the culture. 
And so wherever it is, I just think it's important that churches find a venue, whether it's life groups, whether it's the platform on Sunday morning, whether it's a discipleship curriculum and a class, but that you stress the importance and also have that opportunity available uh, for your people, old and new Christians alike. That's good, man. That's good. Good word. So, you know, be encouraged. Um, let's. I think we can make a difference, and but yeah. I think we do have to make some changes and emphasize some things we maybe haven't been emphasizing. So, uh, kind of connecting with that idea, the thing we wanted to talk about a little bit today was this article Michael Brown wrote on uh, last week on celebrity Christian and and Nerve and I. We've been thinking about this too because being in the artist world, it's kind of often connected to you know, you really have to build your platform of being right. well known and, you know, trying to make a name for yourself. It's kind of, it's, it's this weird ironic world of being, you know, they call it uh Jesus superstar kind of world, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but it, it can be really weird and strange and, and I don't know, maybe even uh contradictory, but um I feel like in this process, this past year, God has really been, maybe weeding some of this stuff out of us and help us helping us to approach it differently. Um, but it's always, it's always there as a temptation to want, you know, to want people to just really love what you're doing and Mm. and grow and, and be able to do these concerts and sell records and all that kind of stuff. So I thought this, this was timely with, with all of our stuff coming out to read through this and just make a few comments on it. Would you read that? Okay. It's called beware the snare of superstar Christianity. No matter how much God uses a man or woman, and no matter how anointed and gifted they may be, we must always remember that there are no superstars in God's kingdom. There's only one shining star, and his name is Jesus. Everyone else, no matter how great they may be in the eyes of people, is merely a servant. Of course, many believers in their immaturity and carnality idolize and glorify the instruments God uses. That is a shame. But not a surprise, although after a wonderful piano concert, people have the common sense to praise the pianist, not the piano. Hmm. In the early 1970s, a pastor on the East Coast had an outpouring in his church. Soon he was drawing crowds from the neighboring towns and many were being saved. He decided to rent a big coliseum, seating as many as 20,000 people. Posters were made advertising these heaven on earth meetings hmm. jesus comma pictured as prominent and powerful stood exalted over the coliseum a little picture of the pastor appeared below and when the meetings were held the coliseum was filled it was a great success a leading ministry out west heard about this pastor and began to counsel him they told him to name his daily radio broadcast after himself instead of using the church name they gave him some advertising suggestions which he followed to a t As a result, the second year, the advertising posters had a great big picture of the pastor standing over the Coliseum with a little Jesus standing below. The third year, yikes, the third year, Jesus was nowhere to be found on the posters. I kid you not, I saw all this with my own eyes. This man's ministry even sent out a little pendant you could wear inscribed with his own face. Mm. Hype moved in and the Holy Spirit moved out and things quickly went downhill from there. Yet we repeat the same error over and over again. God begins to move through a human vessel and we exalt the vessel rather than the Lord. When will we ever learn? But there is something much more subtle. In the words of A.G. Gardner, when a prophet is accepted and deified, his message is lost. The prophet is only useful so long as he is stoned as a public (laughs) nuisance, calling us to repentance. 
Once he becomes accepted and glorified, he loses his cutting edge. How so? In the beginning, he had no strings attached. Here's my message. I speak it in love and with a broken heart. I want you to receive it. But if you refuse, I'll follow God anyway. I won't stop preaching. I won't compromise one bit. He had nothing to lose. But when he becomes popular, he establishes a huge following, enlarges his staff, expands his outreach, and greatly increases his income. Now, he has a big budget. Now people are expecting something from him, rather. Then God says to him, it's time to change your emphasis. People are becoming comfortable with you. Your words are falling on deaf ears and you're getting sterile in your message. Go back to the cross. So he obeys the spirit and challenges the people. Only now they don't want to hear. Mm. His TV ratings drop. His income falls. His ministry machine begins to sputter. His empire begins to crumble. His staff is not getting paid. Now he needs to spend all his time fundraising. He's trapped. But this does not only happen to prophets. It can happen to anyone in vocational ministry. Will we obey the Lord at any cost or will we compromise our message to satisfy the crowds and keep our ministry ship afloat? If we choose the way of compromise, one thing is sure, it is now our ministry rather than the Lord's. And it will bear little, if any, eternal fruit. That worship of success leading to the superstar syndrome is often the servant's greatest stumbling block and most subtle snare. May all of us doing ministry work beware of this trap, being sure to exalt the Lord rather than ourselves. And may those receiving ministry be careful not to fall into the snare of making God's servants into superstars. All eyes should be focused on the one who died for us and rose from the dead. He alone is worthy of our adoration and worship. Mm. Convicting. That's a, that's that old old me moment, right? Oh right. yeah, it's good though. It's interesting. I was uh, earlier today at an appointment and hanging out with some friends, and they were watching a performance on uh, on YouTube or something. And it was a lady singing, and she had a phenomenal voice. But they went nuts. I mean, it's and it's it's such a uh, mm. feeling culture as well. And so, if any artist makes a person feel something, it just heightens everything. It heightens the room and everything. Mm. But at the end, I noticed that uh, in closing, follow me on Instagram. Make sure you p- click the number. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And I was just processing that. That's the new thing. Follow me. Mm. Follow me. Click the like button. Like 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 and click on it and just make sure whatever you do. Boost my numbers, boost my following. And I was like, yeah. that therein lies the new um, aim. The new target is followers. And so you have someone like JP Moreland with I don't know how many followers. Two. Right. <laughs> yeah, he got nobody. But you got somebody like Justin Bieber with a gazillion million. <laughs> and so you got to keep that in perspective. As people follow me, where am I leading them to? Where am I taking mm. them? What mm. am I offering? What noise am I adding? I, mm. I mean, you know, there's just so much. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, that's something to process for sure. Mm. You know, I feel like this is even seeping over into secular psychology and social media. Yeah. You know, the the comment, like, subscribe is an ongoing joke because every YouTuber at the end of the video, it's so they have to say it because that's what they need. Because yeah. this is their income, you know, like, comment, for subscribe. Sure. For sure. I don't know if you guys and- seen it. But there's a, a movie called Eighth Grade. I think it's on Amazon Prime. But it's a very raw video. It's fictional, but it shows this girl going from eighth grade to high school and okay. all of her social struggles. And one of the things she tries to do is make YouTube videos. And she's not charismatic. She's not well-spoken. And she gets like single-digit views. Oh. And you can mm. see like this, this drain on her. And Sheesh. it was weird the other day. Wow. My son Jordan and Asher wanted to make a video. Uh-oh. And I was like, okay, we'll make a video. That's cool. 
I was like, can you put it on YouTube? And I was like, mm, I'll put it on there as <laughs> private, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'll just send it to family and friends. But a couple of days later, they asked the question, how many views did it get? Ooh. And I was like, uh, I'll have to check. But ju- just that idea. That's wow. crazy. And you guys, you guys know, like they are sheltered. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are Man. sheltered. No but the fact that they know that that number means something, Sheesh. some validity, some whatever, like it, it provides some worth to them. Like that, that kind of broke my heart that even mm. at that age, like they understand what that means. And I think you blow that up to the church world, the Christian music world, and then just the world at large. Like it is a dangerous snare, oof. I think. And it is, um, it's real. I think and we've, you know, <clears throat> all three of us have been around it. We've seen sure. it up close where sure. people have fallen prey to that snare. That that scenario he lays out. Yeah. I was like, sheesh, this is like Ecclesiastes. <laughs> That's how it all starts. It's so sad, man. It's like, man, yeah. it's all, you know, the, almost the cynical view, but it's true because we've right. seen it so many times. You, What God starts and something's pure and it gets big and then it, it right. buries the person. They end up, the whole thing comes crashing down. And we've all seen those pieces of that in our own yeah, hearts. We've all experienced that sure. ourselves. And, you know, I feel like I should repent now of joking about our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're just playing. But, I, um, but you know, it's, it is a great reminder that that is a very real snare that all of us have to face. What were you going to say, babe? Yeah, I was trying to think of what are the good practices that prevent that scenario from happening. It's mm. like you have to stay close to the scriptures. You have yeah. to have good community. You have to have a great prayer life and just keep putting before your mind and your eyes what the kingdom of God is really about. Mm. It's not the kingdom yeah. of this world. It's the kingdom of God. That's it. When in the article, Dr. Michael Brown is saying, you know, if God is telling you, go back to the cross, start Ooh. saying the things that sure. mean something and offend people in that moment, are you ready to do it? That's because it. it will mean maybe losing some followers and then right. really leaning on that faith. I'm hearing you, brother Troy, <laughs> 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 You know, but being for real, like when, if he says, go back to the cross, are you willing to do it? Yeah, will man. will you do it? And then, and holding holding the um, applause of man in the proper perspective. Sheesh. You know, what was that? First they hail you, and then, then nail they you. nail you. You know, it's like I remember y'all. <laughs> I never heard that. This is so funny. That's a, that's that old prophetess <laughs> yes. Lauren Hill, brother Steve. <laughs> oh, I see. And so uh, I remember when I stepped down from Toby every week, like I'd lose like. 100 followers, 100 And I was like, okay, I see how this goes. You know, it's all good. And that you just have to remember that the second you do something people don't like. Yeah, man. They will unfollow you. So it's not yeah. like these are relationships that are um, like your closest relationships that, that right. can really speak into your life. Oof. And not that it doesn't mean anything. You can connect with people on in social media, but... You see the wars all the time where people yeah. are getting into it with people they don't even know. It's like expending <laughs> so much energy and so right. much uh, just energy um, in in the struggle, in the battle of trying to prove a point, trying to make a yeah. you know, name for yourself, all that stuff. It's just so fleeting. I think of that gladiator quote too. The first time he's about to fight in the Coliseum and the guy's saying, you stick the sword in another man and they'll applaud and love you for it. Mm. And then eventually you will learn to love them for that, meaning Ooh. the applause. Yeah. And it was like, huh. Yeah, man. That's too real. That's, that's, that's too real. Oof, that's oof. deep. I think that's good, though, but you got to stay close, man. You got yeah, you to gotta. Gotta be immersed. Not You can't be immersed right. in the culture 
and then the the fleeting sure. ways you have to we have to immerse ourselves in scripture. Yep. Yeah. That's the only thing that it continually rebukes us and <laughs> convicts yeah. us in a good way and draws us back yes. to repentance because our hearts, you know, prone to wander. That's like it. that song says, right. we are prone to wander, and so we have to keep to that plumb line. And this is talking to ourselves, man. Like, yeah, we got to stay to that in everything we do. And if God gives us increase, it's great, but wear it loosely because He might sure. take it away tomorrow. That's you know, that, that old Matt Redmond song, "You Give and Take Away." Right. Right. There's a lot of churches change that lyric, bro. Yeah, did you hear about that? That's no. a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Hey, you give and take away. A lot of churches change that lyric, but anyway. Oh, yeah, God. it changes stuff. you gave yourself away. Hey, come on. Oh, what? Um, I never heard so, that. So, anyways, <laughs> well, I hate to cut this conversation short because it's actually good. We'll come back to it sometime, we'll but we got to run to the Best Buy for a close. So, <laughs> we got, so keep interacting with us at Freemind FM on Instagram, on Twitter, yes. Freemind Podcast FM on Facebook, and you can email us podcast at freemind.fm. You can message, comment. And we just love to interact with you. And again, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash freemind.fm. And you can find the bonus episodes there. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Maybe millions of people go by.